place to record if you can't afford soundproofing is in a closet no it's the bathroom i thought no because that's that's there's too much echo in there is it good for singing it's good for something i think it's good for singing oh or like music recording that doesn't make sense well because podcasting you're like you want it to you be know, dead be all dark and not lively no you just don't want people to hear the echo of your voice or any reverb or whatever then we should just sing all of our podcasts we should sing all of our podcasts? Yeah. Okay. And then we can record in the bathroom <laughs> and have more space. You'd rather record in the bathroom? Probably. You don't want to be this close to me? I'm not even that close to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like I'm close to you. I'm close to a box and smelly shoes. For the audience at home, I just want you to know that we are so committed to getting this podcast out on time that we are recording in a closet right now. It's a blast. It will be a blast, and this should be incentive for us to find a better place to record next week. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. Could have done it in the garage, wrapped up in surround-proofing foam. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds worse than this. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be cold out there. It'd be freezing. Have you missed doing this? Yeah. I have. I feel yeah. productive when I do this. Yeah. Yeah. I've missed it. I missed watching our bad movies. Oh, my gosh. And this one... This this movie has some history. What? Well, okay, so this is like, this was one of those first bad movies that I ever watched when I said, oh, this is a fun, bad movie. Oh, really? Pretty I didn't much. watch it with me. No, I watched it in the dorm room. I said, oh, this looks stupid. <laughs> we watched it, what, not too long ago for the first time? A couple months ago yeah. when we were researching what we should talk about for this podcast. Yeah. This was the second time I watched it. Yeah, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the only podcast with a husband and wife watching bad movies on a date night and sharing their thoughts and opinions with you, the audience. As always, I am Nigel from AJourneyIntoFilm.com, and with me, per usual, who traversed a seven-hour move, is my wife, Caitlin. Hello. And this week, we are talking about the 1985 Larry Cohen movie, The Stuff. I feel like I should be, like, painting my nails in here. Because Why? It's <laughs> like, it's right here. And I just feel like I could be so productive. This, this isn't productive to you? <laughs> no, I say, like, so productive. Like, we oh. could be recording a podcast. I could be organizing our shoes. Yeah, why don't like, I just I pull be... in a panini press back here? <laughs> It just is more like, I don't know why it makes me feel like I could do so many productive things. I never sit in a closet <laughs> where I'm like, because before we would just sit in the bedroom. It is like, I don't know, not ground level. So I don't see everything that I could be doing right now. So being in a closet makes you feel like you should be more productive. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so this movie stars Michael Moriarty, Andrew. Oh, that's supposed to be Andrea. My B. Andrea. Andrea Marcovici, Garrett Morris, Paul Servino, and Scott Bloom. Caitlin, do you want to jump into some initial thoughts, or should we talk about where these actors are from and uh, what they're doing with their lives now? Let's talk about that. Okay. 
So, who should we start with? Should we go least to most famous, or should I just go from who's starring first to starring Let's go least to most famous. Okay, Scott Bloom, little kid, the annoying kid. Uh, Not the brother, right? Not the brother. Okay. Not the brother that looked like Scott or Greg Brady. Okay. But we'll talk about that. Uh, He was in uh, an episode of Who's the Boss, or a couple episodes of Who's the Boss, and the last thing he was in was in the movie Smoking Aces in 2006 mm. as an FBI agent. So he probably lives on a farm in California somewhere. Or I don't know what he does with his life. Can I interject? Yes. That's something not relevant. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, listen. I think I figured it out, though. When we would record in the bedroom, we had, like, the blinders. And I'm, I think I'm, I might have some ADHD or something or ADD. I don't know, because I keep getting distracted <laughs> by everything. I need blinders. I think you're just incapable of sitting still. I do struggle with that. But if it was better when we had the those things. But we didn't always have those things. What did we do before then? Did I get this distracted? Because I feel like, woo. I feel like you were more prepared. I feel prepared. I just feel like there's just so much to look at. Yeah, all these clothes that my face are touching my face. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I just Oh my goodness. needed to say if I sound distracted, it's because there's so much. <laughs> I'm going to buy horse blinders for myself. We should. Andrea Markovici, she was in a movie in 1976. Who is she? The mom? Or no, that was, uh, the lover? Uh, Nicole. Okay. The the yeah, ad lady. Yeah, the lover. Yeah, well, that was also a very weird thing. Yes, it was. Uh, she was in a movie called The Front in 1976, and she was recently on a couple episodes of the show Baskets. So that's what she's I doing with her life. I don't know what that is. It's that show on FX with Zach Galifianakis where he's the clown. Oh. The sad clown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Michael Moriarty and Paul Servino are pretty much neck and neck because Michael Moriarty was in Pale Rider in 85 with uh, Clint Eastwood. That's the last thing he was in? No, that was like the oh. most notable thing he was in. He was in Law Order for Law and Order for a little bit. Ooh, boy. Who was he? In Law and Order? No. In the he movie. was Mo. David Mo Rutherford. Because anytime someone <laughs> gives him something, he always wants Mo. That was so stupid. Okay. Uh, and he's going to be in a movie called Dry River that is filming now. Okay. Paul Servino was in Goodfellas, The Rocketeer, the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet. He was. He was the military guy. The um, oh, okay. Colonel Malcolm. I didn't even recognize him. Something or other, because his name is cut off, and I didn't write it down all the way. And he was recently in the TV show Godfather of Harlem. Okay. And then. Garrett Morris, Chocolate Chip Charlie, someone who is apparently super famous, but I did not recognize. He was famous? Well, he was one of the original cast members on Saturday Night Live. Oh, I didn't know that. And he was on The Jeffersons and in the movie Coneheads. Who was he in The Jeffersons? Was Jimmy? he? Oh. Hmm. Okay. Um, Interesting. I think his name was Jimmy. He was also in the show Two Broke Girls, like okay. every episode. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, and fun fact about him, he was in a sketch for on Saturday Night Live where he played Ant-Man, 
and in the Ant-Man movie, he had a cameo as the cab driver. Oh, man, he's pretty famous. Yeah. So that's what everybody's doing. Okay. That's where they've been. I think, how would you rank the the famousness of the actors in this movie based on other movies that we've watched? They're pretty low. Pretty low? Yeah. I would say low to average. Because it's like these like these people were in other stuff that we've heard of before. Some of them were. Some of them were. Not Scott Bloom. Right. A.K.A. Is the dad Jason. and the brother then doing nothing? Oh, I didn't really look too much into anybody else because... They were... The um, dad and mom and brother were probably the worst actors. Oh, yeah. The dad was in Arachnophobia in Mr. Deeds. Okay. And the mom lost her mind and stopped acting after this movie. What do you mean she lost her mind? I don't I I don't know. She was the last movie she was in was in 1985, which oh. was the same year the stuff came out. I thought you literally meant she like went crazy. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if she did because a lot of women in these movies end up going crazy. Going crazy. Um, but we'll talk about, about that with uh Troll 2 next week. <laughs> And uh, the brother, Brian Bloom, that would make sense if he was actually Scott Bloom's brother because they got those eyes. Uh-huh. Um, he was in uh, the A-Team. The A-Team. The remake with Bradley Cooper and all that fun stuff. Hmm. And uh, he, he does, like, it looks like he does a lot of voiceover work for video games. Okay. So, uh, you know, he made it in the business. Good for him. A business. Ugh, that's disgusting. What, that picture of the postman? Yes. It's gross. I'm so excited. What was their budget? This, I don't know. I didn't write that down. I feel like it couldn't have been more than 20000 It was just shy of $2 million. No. Where did that money go? Into the effects. No. No, it didn't. Do you know how much stuff they had to make for this movie? All of it. There were just gallons of stuff. Plus that, like, that room. That scene with the dog turning into a vicious dog. I don't even know what to call it. The stuffed dog. The stuffy dog. You're telling me that that, they used their budget on that? Probably. They must have ran out of money. Uh, what's more horrifying, the postman with his mouth all wide open or Chocolate, Chocolate Chip, Chip Charlie? Charlie. Um, that just looked bad. That just looked really bad. The other one was actually, like, disgusting. Yeah. Okay, okay. So why don't you tell me what your thoughts are about this movie and tell me if they changed between the first time you watched this and the last time you watched this, well, which was yesterday. <sighs> It's hard to say because, okay, it's hard to say because I I just don't really know. Like, that was very clear. (laughs) The first time I watched it, I said, this is ridiculous. But, like, it was funny. Mm -hmm. But it was also, like, this is ridiculous. Then the second time I watched it, I was more so, like, these people are all idiots, and probably the whole town deserves to die. 
So I don't even care about anything or anyone. And then it felt really long this time. Like yeah. once they go to where they get the stuff. The the mining town? Yeah. Georgia or whatever? No. Um, when they go and fill the, the trucks up with the stuff. Yeah, in Georgia. Okay. That's where it started getting really long for me. Yeah. I was like. That's kind of the point when you think this that movie the movie could end. end. It, it could have ended. Yeah. But, like, they kept dragging it out. Yeah. So, I guess I would have to say that I didn't like it as much the second time. Yeah. Um, And <clears throat> the plot, when you originally watch it, is dumb. Mm-hmm. But it's enjoyable. But then you watch it again, and you're like, oh, no, this is super dumb. It's, um... So, would you be surprised if I told you there was a longer cut of this movie? Oh, my God. Or at least the director had originally cut this movie, and it was a lot longer. What? This movie could have ended so much earlier than it did. And just to keep in mind for the listeners, this movie is an hour and 27 minutes. That was it? Mm, No, it was more like two hours. It feels like, let's say like an hour 45 you know when you watch um, poop? What's that movie um, with the end of the world? And um, oh, I can picture it in my head. Um, it's the guy with the the Christmas lights, and they blink them on and off. And then him and the black girl go and meet the older man and his daughter, and they travel. <laughs> Nigel, come on. Um, Did we talk about this movie on no, our podcast? No, it it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's the end of the world and the guy wakes up in the hospital. The apocalypse happens. Oh, Zombies. 28 days later? Thank you, yes. Okay. I feel like I described that movie pretty great. I don't know if you did. What are you talking about? Why didn't about? you just say that there were zombies? I did. I said the end of the world, the apocalypse. Okay, none of those words are <laughs> zombies, though. Okay. Anyway, now I lost my train of thought. Um. Oh, you know how they get to that house um, in 28 Days Later with Christopher Eccleston? And the military guys? Yeah. yeah. And you think, like, it could end here, but it sure. keeps going. Yeah. But it's good that it keeps going and, like, it adds more to the story. That's exactly how I felt about this movie. Like, whenever the military people get involved, like, okay, it can end now. But no, let's continue it and continue it. And then when they try to remarket the stuff as the taste, the taste, why do we need that whole scene? We'll get there in a second. Oh, my gosh. Were they setting up a sequel? No. Okay. Good. All right, I'm done ranting about how long this movie fell. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, not right now. At any point in this movie, did you, were you kind of curious, like, what does the stuff taste like? No, because I just assume it tastes like marshmallow fluff. You think that everybody's just eating this stuff that tastes like marshmallow fluff? Yeah. I imagine it's like yogurt meets marshmallow fluff. I don't know that that would taste good. I don't know either. Here's the thing that was also really confusing to me. It seemed like in some instances it needed to be refrigerated, but then other I know, instances they it just was kind of left on it a sitting shelf. out on a shelf. Yeah, that was confusing to me too. I didn't really get that. 
would it surprise you if I told you that this movie was an allegory for consumerism and the way that we junk food that poisons our body? What? I did not get that for the, from this movie. Let me, uh, let me read you an exact quote from the director, Larry Cohen, because uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, My main inspiration was the consumerism and corporate greed found in our country and the damaging products that were being sold. I was constantly reading in the newspapers about various foods and materials being recalled because they were harming people. For example, you had foods being pulled off the market because they were hazardous to people's health. Cohen was particularly influenced. This is from Wikipedia, but this quote is found in several other places. The sheer volume of junk food we consume every day. We continue to eat these foods despite the fact some of them are killing us. That's when I started thinking that the stuff could be an imaginary product. In this case, an ice cream dessert. Didn't get that at all. That is being consumed by millions and is doing irreparable damage to humanity. Everybody is gobbling down this yummy food, so how can it possibly be wrong for us? That, yeah, I didn't uh, get that at all. The didn't get it all, I just want to clarify, is not in the quote. That was me interjecting. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about this movie. So, I think that this movie has one of the best openings of all time. Of all time movies or of all time bad movies? Of all movies at all times, anywhere. Uh, maybe of all time bad movies. No, of all movies ever. So we open up on a snowy mining quarry. Where this individual, a miner, if you will, sees this white goop bubbling up out of the ground. And It's steaming, bubbling white goop. And he says, I should taste this. <laughs> he says, this tastes really good. Gives it to his friend. His friend does not question this at all. Mm-mm. No, a little bit. He's like... That's coming up from the ground. But then he's like, well, taste it, taste it. And the guy's like, well, okay. And uh, cut to... The stuff. The stuff. The stuff was born. Yeah. Uh, so the immediately the, the movie jumps into David... It would be more believable if it was, like, kids that, like, found it. Yeah, and, like, told somebody else to try it. Like, yeah, like... But, like, okay, so would a... Do you think an adult would really try something that a kid found? No, 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 like, the but, but the kids would be like, it's so good, it tastes so good, and then they might bring some home to, like, their parent, and then, like, they might try it, and then be like, oh, where'd you get this from? Like, that would be more believable to me. Maybe. No, it would be. Okay. Kids are always putting stuff in their mouth. Well, let's probably put a stop to that. <laughs> uh, so we are introduced to our protagonist, David Mo Rutherford. His friends call him Mo because anytime they give him something, he, he always, always wants, wants Mo. Mo. He says that a thousand times a in this thousand movie. A thousand times. And we never hear anyone actually call him Mo. Uh, no, cause all the characters call him Mo. I thought after he tells them that story. Oh yeah, yeah we never yeah, yeah. hear anyone initially just be like, "Yo, Mo." 
Yeah, so he's like that guy that like gives himself his own nickname. Gives himself his own nickname, and you're like, you son of a gun! No wonder you got kicked out of the FBI. Right. That's a kind of important thing, but not really. I didn't understand that. Yeah. So he is meeting with the heads of these ice cream companies because the ice cream companies are pissed off that the stuff is taking their business. Which makes me feel like, is it more like ice cream then? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. This, well, we'll talk about... So here's the thing that was confusing about the ice cream thing. So, like, throughout the movie, they show these advertisements of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And they also show, like, people just going nuts over the stuff. Mm-hmm. And at one point, there's a stuff stand. Like, you would go to an ice cream stand. Right. And I was wondering, why, like, is that only there because they're comparing it to ice cream? Like, why would people go to a stand to buy the stuff when it's know. available it's it, it's not like, you know, it's not like you go to an ice cream stand that serves their own ice cream. Right. Versus what you can buy at the store. Right. Like you could literally go down the block and get some stuff. Right. From wherever. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand. I was also wondering like, okay, why are if other people are more and more just eating the stuff? Why aren't other food industries mad about the stuff? Right. It was just the ice cream industry. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, like, yogurt. Why not yogurt people? Or, like, if we're going to try to find things that are similar to the stuff, like icing. Or, like, right. Big Bakery. Right. Or Cheetos. Like, Frito-Lay. They should be mad about this stuff, too. No, they weren't, though. Pizza. Pizza should be pissed off about the stuff. Yeah whole world becoming stuffies instead of pizzaies. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the other thing that I didn't understand is, like, they basically said that, like, the stuff was low in calories and that it, like, the mom even said she lost weight while eating it. And then that it also was, like, had so much nutrition in it because the kid asked, like, if he could put some in a cereal. And she's like, sure, it's got all this nutrition. And I was like... But yet nobody knows what's in it. And it's being well, marketed as a dessert. Right. And so then I was confused because I was like, well, going off what the director like got this idea from. But like, even if we are a society that only eats junk food, like we still have to eat something that sustains us. Like we couldn't just eat like uh, Twinkies for the rest of our lives. Well, OK, that leads me to another question. Do you think that the stuff is sentient? Right, I don't know. Like, but, does this is the stuff capable of its own thoughts and like mind control? I don't know because it, it was implied that it was. Right, but at the same time, it didn't seem like it was at all. Right, because people, it's not like. The stuff inside people was talking to other stuff inside people. No, it just like literally mind controlled them. Was it supposed to be implied that like that it like it made maybe it was implied that the people who made the stuff made it addictive so that people would keep eating it and then like but they didn't make the stuff. They just pulled it right, up by the ground. I don't know. I don't know. Right. 
It doesn't make sense. No. Makes zero sense. And like, okay, so like if people are just eating the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they were just like, and it was causing them to want more stuff. So they were doing, they were altering their lives to get and give more stuff. Uh-huh. I'd buy that. Okay. The thing that kind of concerns me is the fact that the stuff seems to chase after people and climb out of people's bodies yeah. and run away from things. Well, then who rigged the bed in the hotel room? Was it the stuff? Probably not, because I don't think the stuff is capable of making itself into a bed. But it, like, did other people want it? Did the stuffies want? <laughs> My brain hurts. There are lots of flaws in this movie. And the more watches and the more we talk about it, the more and more I see the flaws. I don't know what you're talking about. This movie is flawless. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point out before we move on to the next scene that one of the ice cream guys says, I suppose we have to keep the world safe. And it's like, well, you don't really know what's in the stuff yet. So I don't know why you think you're keeping the world safe. Yeah, I don't know either. Stuff. Uh, so then we are introduced to Jason and his Greg Brady brother and their family, and they're all, and he sees the stuff moving. At night, right? Yeah. And, um, there's nothing likable about Jason. No. You see this little kid, and you immediately think, I don't want anything to do with you, and I hate any plotline with you in it. Right. Uh... But, so, like, his parents are always talking about how great the stuff is, but there are no ingredients listed, and it doesn't sound like there are any nutritional facts. So, how can they believe all this nonsense about it? What rational person says, oh, this is safe to eat, because commercials tell me it is? A lot of people believe that. A lot of people. I refuse to believe that. Well, you're probably (laughs) smarter than the average person. But we can talk about more about that. Uh, then we're introduced to Nicole. She's the ad lady who basically did everything for the stuff. Mm-hmm. Supposedly she came up with a name for it. It's the stuff. How long do you think it took her to come up with that name? Like 20 seconds max. Okay. And yet somehow this made her entire career. Yeah. Yeah. Like she went from zero to a thousand overnight. Yeah. I think it was a mixture of the name that she created and the fact that she had models wearing bathing suits in win- in fur jackets eating the stuff. And high heels. You can't forget and that. And high heels. Caitlin, scale of one to ten. Those how... outfits made as much sense as the stuff does. I was going to ask you, scale of one to ten, how sexy do you think those outfits were? <laughs> like... Zero. I was also going to say zero. I would also say negative if that is a possible (laughs) answer. Yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. Um, Mo tells her that he is an oil baron and he wants to hire her and her company to make his oil better. But he's really just trying to get close to her so that he can figure out Secrets of the stuff. Which, why would he assume that she knows secrets of the stuff? Because she was, like, the... Like, she developed it, so she would have been probably privy to all the secret information about it. 
I would not think that about like someone who just like directs commercials and stuff. No, I would not either. But he's the, the expert here. Yeah, he's the the corporate saboteur or whatever he calls himself. Yeah. Should also probably point out that apparently the stuff went very quickly through the FDA and everybody who's on the approval team disappeared overnight. Hmm. Meaning they either quit or went on vacation. I don't remember that. When does the scene with the boat happen? When him and Chocolate Chip Charlie are running away? No. When oh. he meets all those execs on the boat. When they ask to hire him. That's like the first scene after they eat the stuff from that the ground. That scene, I don't know if it was the audio or what, but it made it sound like we were watching a movie, but someone was doing like, like the voiceover or like lip reading what the guy was saying. It felt so like disconjointed. I noticed some uh, audio sync issues on the TV, yeah. so that's been fun. No, 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 no! It did that the last time we watched it. Just that scene at our house oh. too. I mean, granted, this movie probably wasn't given a whole lot of TLC, so no. It that might be the scene that kind of is lacking. Yeah. Guess we're just gonna have to buy the Arrow video release to see if it's any better. Yeah. That is too much money for that movie. Uh, how old do you think Jason is? I don't know. Maybe like 12. And why do you think he's left unsupervised? Because I don't think his parents love him. No. I don't know if it was like the stuff getting into their head making them not love him or if they ever really loved him. They probably they kinda never treated loved him because like, he was kind of a little turd. Well, they kind of treated him like this adopted child that they didn't really want but were stuck with. Even the older brother was like, you get everything you want. Yeah, Greg Brady. Yeah. So this kid is left unsupervised. He goes to the uh, food section. He goes to the grocery store and just decides he's going to just start trashing the stuff. That was probably my favorite scene. Really? Yeah. Okay. I love whenever he just t- rips it out of the little kid's hand and throws <laughs> it on the ground. I know. Like in that, like he, it's like he went to the grocery store not knowing what he was going to do. But <laughs> in that act, he said, "This That's is it. what this is what I was put on earth to do." <laughs> To destroy the stuff. I just like how people were running after him and they were slipping on the stuff. That was kind of funny. It was pretty funny. I find it also surprising and hard to believe that he's the only person in the world who's anti-stuff. I know. Well, he's not. Mo is. Well, yeah, but Mo's like paid to be anti-stuff. The ad lady starts to be. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Do you think, though, question... The ad lady actually tried the stuff before selling it? No. I don't I don't know. How do you sell something like the stuff without trying it? Oh, lots of people do that every day. Name one. Probably like every like like ad exec who has to sell nasty crap food. Like that's all prepackaged and hopped up on saturated fats and Yeah, maybe. They gotta stay thin for their jobs. Maybe. Uh, Jason gets arrested for this, as we later find out, because 
you know. But this is also where we find out that the stuff is refrigerated and not refrigerated. Mm -hmm. So very concerning. Yeah. The stuff is a lot like a McDonald's milkshake in that it's the same (laughs) consistency when it's no longer frozen. That's so gross. Uh, So there was this town, forget where this town was, uh, somewhere in Virginia, maybe. Yeah. Or West Virginia. No, it was Virginia. Where they tested the stuff, and apparently all these people left. And while Mo goes there, he meets this gas station attendant. No, that's not right. Hmm. I don't remember where they were. But this gas station is obsessed with how clean his bathroom is. I just thought that was funny. I put in a new towel. He uh, meets up with Chocolate Chip Charlie, who is trying to find out who stole his company. Mm -hmm. So we now have our dynamic duo of Mo and Chip. Would you say that's a dynamic duo? He was in it for like maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, Chocolate Chip Charlie's in this movie for maybe 15 minutes tops. Yeah. Barely. Uh, the post office worker, they get, so they go to the post office because apparently there's a bunch of forwarding addresses left and this post office worker's acting soups weird. Yeah. Kind of, uh. Also, what post office looks like that and then sells like, I've never been to a post office where they sell like candy and. This was like the most backwoods post office ever because it was like the convenience store and and the post post office. office. Weird. Uh, the gas station attendant goes in the back, collapses, and the stuff says... No, the post office attendant goes in the back and collapses. Yeah, did I say gas station attendant? Yeah. That's, he runs away, office. which was weird and never followed up on. Yeah, but the post office guy comes back. Yeah. So the post office guy, the stuff inside of him is like, I'm getting the heck out of here. Because mm-hmm. he unhinges his jaw, because that's a thing that people can do with the stuff. And the stuff's like... So it has to be like some level of like control. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like people have like a hive mind after that. Right. It's like they just want more stuff. Right. But is it like the stuff wants more of itself connected to itself? What does the stuff want at the end of the day? I don't know. I don't think it wants anything. Maybe to be left alone. Maybe the stuff was making its way back, trying to make its way back to maybe where the it stuff came never from. wanted to be eaten. Right, and it was like, "Stop eating me! <laughs> Stop it, all of you! I just want to go home." <laughs> uh, this movie is really about the stuff, the stuff's journey home. It probably is. <laughs> It has nothing to do with consumerism. No. It's just a sad little tale about the stuff trying to find its way back. This white little goop that looks like marshmallow fluff and shaving cream. <laughs> just trying to find its way back home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie claims multiple times that his hands are deadly weapons. Lethal weapons. Lethal weapons. They are registered lethal weapons. Right. And yet Mo beats the snot out of him whenever Charlie tries to get the drop on him. 30 seconds. They also just punch a hole through a man's jaw because apparently the stuff eats you from the inside out. Yeah. Punches a hole in the door too. Which I don't even want to unpack that. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember why I wrote that note down. 
Oh, so let's back up for just a second. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that was cut out of the longer version of this movie was a longer romance between Mo and Nicole. Oh, it was cut out? Partially. Which makes sense because... Yeah. So they're meeting. So he meets with her and he says, hey, let's go out to dinner and I'll talk to you about my oil baron thing. Mm-hmm. She disappears. And then the next scene that we see with her, they're walking down the street and she's like, how could I sell this stuff to people? I'm such a terrible person. Like holding hands. and They're holding hands and stuff. Yeah. And uh, now he decides to tell her he's not an oil baron. <laughs> yeah. As if she should not have been, she should have put, you know what, this is the exact (laughs) level of intelligence I expect for someone to name a product, the stuff. (laughs) Yeah, she should have figured that out. Um, Why do you think that Jason getting arrested was front page worthy? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. This is like a 12, 14 year old kid getting arrested for destroying a grocery store and uh, they're like hey look this kid hates the stuff let's go pick him up yeah the family Jason's family they're sitting in their home in the dark eating the stuff were Jason they watching the commercial for the stuff they were watching TV oh okay and I said I wrote down TV is our light now <laughs> I also wrote down that the mom wasn't concerned that she lost five pounds in a week I know that's a lot I know. His whole family. Why were other people not losing weight? I think they were, but I think we just focused on her because sexism. You know, it introduces us to. uh, It gives us insight into Jason's life and uh, develops him as a more dynamic character. (laughs) Okay, sure. The did you think it was kind of funny that his whole family was talking like they were on an infomercial for the stuff? Yeah. Like his dad kind of looked like. He should be on in commercials. Well, the, his whole family looked like they came straight out of an ad magazine. Yeah. Their house looked like it came out of an ad magazine. Yeah, their house was so clean. Yeah. There was no stuff in it. I mean, there was stuff, but like <laughs> no, you know. Physical stuff. items yeah. that you would have in normal homes. Their house looked like something you'd see out of like a 1980s home design catalog. Yeah. Do you notice how they had like this, this like bag or something on the door that said "thank you"? It was like hanging up on a door. No. It was like that was their only decoration. I was like, that's weird. Do you remember when they just threw away all of their other food? Yeah, they literally the threw stuff? away all their food. They said, "We're a stuff family now." And then they go to sit down. I, I like how they were still proper though, and like had dinner together at the table, but it was just a bowl full of the stuff. Yeah, like she brought out a serving bowl of the stuff. But they were, like, two minutes earlier, they They were were just sitting in front of the TV eating it straight from the carton. Right. I think he was trying to, like, say that both, like, I don't want to be, like, stereotypical here, but, like, both uh, socioeconomical classes can eat unhealthy foods. One does it at the dinner table together, and one does it in front of the TV. I think... That was a lot more thought than he was putting <laughs> the movie. But if there was any thought, he was probably saying something like, even your serving tables can't hide how crappy the food is for you. <laughs> uh, the kid, the kid, like, he 
tricks his family into thinking that he's eating this stuff by switching it with uh, shaving cream. Yeah. He's grounded. Uh, he, so... Well, he's grounded in the sense that he has to go to his room until he eats his stuff. Yeah. Well, he goes downstairs and he's like, okay, I'll eat the stuff. And then he's like, wait, I'm going to go up in my room and do it. And they're like, okay, that makes sense. And they hear him flush the toilet minutes after he goes upstairs. And none of them say, did you flush your stuff? Right. Uh, I also thought it was really funny that similar to, like, this movie's obsessed with people tasting things. Because the dad just jams his fingers (laughs) in that kid's container and is like, shaving cream. Get him! Yeah. Um, so he runs away, and Mo pulls up in his car, and he says, I hate this stuff too, get in. And, and the kid's the like, kid okay, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just gets in the car Well, with it's stranger. either his family that is going to, like, kill him. Oh, no, the dad sticks his finger in the shaving cream stuff to taste it because the kid gives himself away because he says, like, um... I'll take this up to my room in case um, when I wake up in the middle of the night, like, I'll have a snack or something. And the dad was like, we don't sleep anymore because, like, we don't need sleep with the stuff. Like it, it gives you energy. Yeah, it yeah. gives you all this energy. So, like, that gave him away, which is, like, okay. That's concerning. And then there said get Which him. is, like, if he really wanted to, like, make this movie about consumerism and, like, the junk we put in our bodies, like, that stuff makes you more tired. Yeah. So I don't really get it, but, but I think okay. I think it's like all about how the people lie to themselves about the way that they. I've make never them feel. met anyone that said, "Oh my gosh, fast food makes me feel so great." Yeah, but like it's I like could comfort Climb food. a mountain. So like you eat yeah. it, and you're like oh, and I feel goes, good about myself. Oh, I've never felt that. Oh. I eat it and I feel worse about myself, and then I say, "I need." But it a like nap. satisfies your soul. You're like, "Oh, I was craving a little cookout." Yeah. Like yeah. Five guys. Yeah. Um, this movie feels super long. Yeah. Um. Yes, it does. So they decide they're going to just fly down to Georgia and check out where they they manufacture this This stuff. This kid flies to another state with a random person he's just met. With this man and woman he just met. Yeah, that's not concerning at all. Um, we also never find out what happened to his family. Nope. But at the end, he just says that, like, the stuff killed them. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't even know. He's just like, they're probably dead. And, like, when I was watching this this time, I was like, oh, yeah, something happens to them. Like, they, they the stuff, like, destroys them. But I was like, no, why am I thinking about uh, that? <laughs> he just wants them to be dead. He's hoping the stuff killed them. Probably. I, I wouldn't want to live in that family after that. <laughs> be tra- no. traumatized for life. Right, but he's kind of already a jerk, so... The post office guy shows up mm-hmm. and uh, tries to sneak into the plane and kill everybody and get Jason. Jason gets out of the plane and takes off running. Which, I, how did the post office guy know where they were? I think the post office guy just knew to go. Well, maybe it's the sentient stuff. Maybe, maybe. the stuff was like, go here, kill these people. Why would the stuff want to kill people? I don't, I don't, why wouldn't you just make him eat the stuff? Right. I don't understand what the goal of the stuff was. It's like, I understand that the stuff probably wanted everybody everywhere to be eating it. But like... Then why did it come out of people's mouths? If it didn't want to be eaten. 
was, was it just going to be eating people from ending. the inside out? Maybe. Maybe he was feasting on the world. Maybe. Didn't at one point it say that it was going to like end world hunger? I mean, it would I, not. I'm surprise pretty sure me. I, remem- I remember a scene I where it's like, like maybe, probably. There were also points where the stuff seemed like it was screaming. I don't remember. Like uh, when it was on fire. Oh yeah. And how uh, do they know how to burn? Like to burn it. I think she. That was the only way that she could figure out to get it off of his face. No, because he burns it before that. No, no, because remember they're in the oh yeah, the thingy thing. Yeah, I don't know how, why you would think though. Let me burn this. I don't know. Because she couldn't get it off. I know, but like, I'm if something was on your face and I need to get it off, I would not like think. Let me just set Nigel's face on fire because it'll probably burn the stuff off. Well, maybe she knew that it was sentient and it would go away. Maybe. I'd believe that. I believe that she was in on it. Um, she should also be fired because those ads were terrible. Yeah. Uh, the kid takes off running from the plane, but then thinks it's a good idea to get inside the tanker truck that they used to transport the stuff. Yeah, that was dumb on his part. That kid literally deserved to die in that moment. Dumb. So dumb. Um... So Mo and Nicole, they're in this hotel after touring the stuff factory. They don't even care where Jason <clears throat> is. Yeah, they're 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 like just stay on the plane, you'll be fine. <laughs> and they probably that think plane could be plane. going anywhere. No, it's waiting for them. It just waits there for them. Yeah, it's a private jet. Okay, that's what you do with private jets. You mm-hmm. just sit there until you're ready to fly. Okay, we'll stay here with no food. We'll be back. Just eat some of the stuff. You'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, we already talked about why the stuff was inside the pillow because the room starts just pouring stuff in mm-hmm. and it's like, we're going to get you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the stuff was going to, what was the stuff going to do? Was it going to just like force itself in their mouths? I don't know. Was it going to suffocate I them? I think it was going to like, yeah, kill them. Was it going to dissolve them I, in stuff? I'm thinking that. Was it going to absorb their bodies to become one with the stuff? I don't know. I don't know. These are the answers I need. These are the things that the movie needs to focus on, not stupid children who are anti-stuff. I don't think the movie really had any plans for it. Probably not. Uh, So they set the stuff on fire to get out of it. Fun fact about that room, it's the same room that they used in Friday the 13th. I did that yesterday when I told you this. It's the same room in Nightmare on Elm Street that they use when Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed and all the blood shoots up. The room actually tilts on its axis so they can flip it upside down so the stuff can, like, pour in there and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's where all the money went. Yeah. The So they find out that they're just mining the stuff. They're just sucking up out of a hole in the ground. It's like a never-ending hole. Yeah. And you think to yourself, maybe they should just go tell people they're sucking it up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Because. I don't think people would care at this point. That's probably true. I wouldn't want to eat anything that came out of the ground Mm-mm. without but any kind of, like... they were already addicted, so they probably were like, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, so they just steal the truck. Like, that's their that's their plan. Mm-hmm. We're just going to steal this truck to prove that they're mining it. Yeah, which makes zero sense. No, but they still blow up the mine, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. They save Jason. Uh, then they go find the army. The whole scene with the cop was, like... So pointless. 
there's an unnecessary scene where the cop pulls over the to- the tanker truck that they have and tries to arrest them. Yeah, but then they're like, oh, we should. But they're like, you should eat this stuff. And then Mo kicks him in the face and they run away. Because <laughs> Mo's hands are lethal weapons. Mo has actual lethal weapons. <laughs> they should be registered. Uh, so they tell the colonel, they're like, hey, you should, there's this stuff poisoning people. It's like when you thought that the communists were putting fluoride in the water to give us clean teeth. And he's like, oh, this is terrible. Let's go to my radio station and tell the world. And they do. But, like, why would the world choose to believe them now? I don't understand. Great question. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that seems like a very... Maybe the radio is more believable in the 80s because they didn't have the internet yet. More believable than commercials? Commercials were like the internet of the 80s, where you like you couldn't really believe all of them. Uh, okay, maybe. I don't know. Uh, oh, Chocolate Chip Charlie shows up, and they're like, how'd you find us? And he's like, it's a long story. And then you find out that Charlie's been got by the stuff and tries to Which, murder like, them. Which, like, I want to know why. He knows the stuff was bad, so why? Yeah, he, that whole scene, he's like, oh, you know, I got to save my company and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. He's like, why don't you just show up and kill all of them? <laughs> Uh, oh. We forgot that whole entire scene with the old guy and the dog. Oh, yeah. So, Mo, there's, like, this old guy who worked on the FDA thing, and there's this creepy dog. And Which, apparently like, he's I been didn't eating understand the stuff. He's been either. feeding. Well, so Mo goes to him because he was, like, part of the team that approved the stuff. Right. And... He wanted more information on why, like, everybody disappeared. Right. No, I got that. I didn't understand the whole scene of, like, him being afraid of the dog. And, like, because wasn't oh, he also eating the stuff? I guess so. But I, maybe it metabolizes. Maybe it metabolizes on animals faster. So then the stuff was, like, eating, making the dog violent. I don't. I didn't get it. Uh, that whole scene felt unnecessary, too. Yeah. So the movie ends with the world destroying the stuff, setting it all on fire. And Mo goes back to the head of the stuff. And you find out that the head of the ice cream people is working with him now. And they say, we're going to make you guys eat the stuff. And they say, we're going to re-release the stuff as the taste. There's like Which they didn't even like change the packaging. They literally just replaced stuff with taste. Yeah, and like slight, I think they replaced orange with or pink with like orange on the colors. Yeah, that was it. And they also said that there was just enough stuff in it to like be addictive, but not enough to make people crazy. It's like, for how long though? Right. So then Mo tortures them by making them eat all the stuff Mm -hmm. and then calls the police to arrest them. Which, why not just arrest them? Right. And in that same scene, Jason says that he's been through a lot, and that's why he's all, like, edgy now and wears a leather jacket. That kid's so dumb. Yeah. Um, oh, but my favorite scene is when the guy shows up in the back alley with the box of the stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, now we're selling the stuff underground. Which is... So if we criminalize junk food, of course it's going to become like drugs. Right. And that is the end of the stuff.
How do you think we did for our first podcast in like a month? You know, I feel like the stuff was pretty great to come back to. I think it was too. I w- kind of wish that we had like some kind of snack like the stuff to be eating. <laughs> like we could have done like a whole bit with that. Yeah. Here's my marshmallow fluff. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> do you think this movie could be improved? Always. Oh, okay. I was going to say no, but that's fine. <laughs> what? This movie is perfect. No. I don't know. Maybe, like, take out some stuff and add more things to make the story more cohesive. Uh, they took out a lot of stuff. Maybe explain why the stuff, like, what the goal of the stuff is. Mm, no. <laughs> it's perfect. This movie is perfect. Nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't change anything. I would replace uh, the children with better yeah, actors. I would take out Jason. Jason doesn't need to be in this movie. <laughs> um, and do you think that Mo and Nicole are going to last as a couple? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Although I do see her spiraling into a severe depression in which she hates herself for the rest of her life for marketing the stuff, because that's kind of how she is at the end. Yeah, and he was not really encouraging. He's like, what you did wasn't really that bad. You want to trade sins? Here, I've done a lot more worse things than you did. By Suck the way, it up, I used Buttercup. to work for the FBI, and I was fired. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I think they'll be fine. I think so. They'll be good. They're going to adopt Jason. Be one I'm, little happy anti-stuff family. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they adopted Jason. Mm-hmm. So where does this fall on our definitive bad movie date night ranking list, which you can now view on a journeyintofilm.com? I think under Secret Obsession. Really? Before Plan 9? Uh, that's where I was, I was conflicted. I was either going to say after Plan 9 or before. I don't really have a preference. I would actually I would put probably it... put this underneath Jason X. Oh, gosh. But, like, oh, before no. The Wicker Man. Oh, no. This is very different. <sighs> why? Okay. Why would you put it before? I mean, why would you put it after Battlefield Earth? Why would I put it after Battlefield Earth? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm and after Jason X. Okay. But more specifically, Battlefield Earth. So, like, this is this is a bad movie. Yeah. There's lots of stuff that doesn't make sense in it. Right. But it's still kind of campy and fun to enjoy. But I think I would rather, I think Battlefield Earth and Jason X both have a higher rewatchability factor. Really? Yeah. Like See, that's the, why I put it up higher because I feel like it had more rewatchability than well, Jason X for since me. since I've seen this one more... I feel like the more times I watch it, the less <laughs> enjoyable it is. This is true. So that's why it's lower for me. Yeah. So I would split the difference with you and put it between Battlefield Earth and Jason X. I could do that. Okay. I feel comfortable with that. So we're going to move Jason X down, and we're now going to put the stuff the stool. in there. Okay. I and like that it. And that is all that we have for our newest episode of Bad Movie Date Night to kick off the rest of our year. That's so exciting. It is. You should follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Because we have so many fun things coming. Yeah. And if you haven't seen what we have coming, go to Instagram because I posted a whole preview of what's coming. And that's not even half of what's coming. How exciting. It's 
Very exciting. Yeah. We have some new blog posts coming for a journey into film.com just mm-hmm. to plug my own stuff. You can head over there and check those out this week. And you can always hit subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss out on an episode of Bad Movie Date Night. Perfect. Do it. Anything else that we should add? I don't think so. Go watch the stuff. It's really, especially on your first watch, it's actually quite enjoyable. It is. I wouldn't recommend re-watching this, but definitely for your first go, it'll be enjoyable. Cool. And uh, I think we're doing Troll 2 next week with a very special guest. So go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime, and we're going to get psyched. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Cool. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.